Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our hike on through into 2 Kings. And um, first and second Kings were written as one book, but they were split because the scrolls just got so large. So in second Kings chapter one, um, we'll continue with Elijah um, and we'll see how Elijah moves forward with um, the king. And it starts off saying, after King Ahab's death, the land of Moab rebelled against Israel. One day, Israel's new king, Ahaziah, fell through the lattice work of an upper room at his palace in Samaria and was seriously injured. I don't know about, about y'all, but that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> I'm curious. It doesn't tell us, but I'm curious to know what he was doing that caused him to fall through the lattice work of his house. Um, anyways, so so he sent messengers to the temple of Baal Zebub, the god of Akron, to answer whether he would recover. So they didn't have x-rays back then. They didn't have the medical technology we do today. So he is seeking a false god to find out what he says or if he thinks he's going to recover. Um, in verse 3, it continues, But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, Go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, Is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether the king will recover? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says You will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. So Elijah went to deliver the message. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, why have you returned so soon? They replied, a man came up to us and told us to go back to the king and give him this message. This is what the Lord says. Is there no God in Israel? Why are you sending men to Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. What sort of man was he? the king demanded, and what did he look like? They replied, he was a hairy man, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. In this description, it it really, the description of Elijah really shadows John the Baptist. And throughout scripture, Elijah and John the Baptist are often compared with by their similarities because they were similar. It continues, Elijah from Tishbe, the king exclaimed. Then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers out to arrest him. They found him sitting on top of a hill. The captain said to him, man of God, the king has commanded you come down with us. But Elijah replied to the captain, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from the heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with 50 men. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. Elijah replied, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. And again, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. Once more, the king sent a third captain with 50 men. 
But this time, the captain went up the hill and fell to his knees before Elijah. He pleaded with him, O oh, man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these your fifty servants. See how the fire from heaven came down and destroyed the first two groups, but now please spare my life. This was smart of this third captain. He's like, hey, how about how about if we just talk instead? In verse 15, it continues. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went with him to the king. And Elijah said to the king, this is what the Lord says. Why did you send messengers to Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Is there no God in Israel to answer your question? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave your, the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. So Ahaziah died just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Since Ahaziah did not have a son to succeed him, his brother Joram became the next king. This took place in the second year of the reign of Joram, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The rest of the events in Ahaziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So a couple of takeaways from this is we shouldn't be stupid and consult pagan gods when we can go straight to God. And um, you shouldn't go to like streets for guidance. We can go directly to God and God will guide us. And uh, another couple of things to note, um, the first two captains in the army, they went down and they were like, man of God, come with us. And they were, it, God wasn't in their hearts. You could tell by their demeanors and their characters. And the third captain he also called Elijah man of God, but his attitude and his character showed respect for God, and he humbly begged for mercy. His attitude showed respect to God, and God spared the lives of him and his men. And it just shows that our living and being effective, it really starts with our attitudes and how we are towards God. And before religious words come out of our mouths, we need to make sure they're from our hearts and let the respect and hum humility and the servanthood of God characterize our attitude towards God and reflect our attitudes towards God as well as others. And when it talks about these books of the histories of Israel and books of histories of, of Judah, the the writer of Second Kings is is looking at these facts in these books and um, getting the real facts of and retelling the stories of these kings from God's perspective and the Holy Spirit inspiration of the word. And the Holy Spirit directed through God determined um, which thoughts and the writers selected to keep in the scripture um, to make sure that it's the truth in God's word that would be written throughout the scriptures. Um, so that is kind of a brief summary of chapter one and in chapter two um it starts off in verse one when the lord was about to take elijah up to heaven in whirlwind elijah and elisha were traveling from gilgad and elijah said to elisha stay here for the lord has told me to go to bethel 
But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. It was interesting, three times this the same sequence happened. In verse 7, it continues, 50 men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and two, the two of them went across on dry ground, very much similar to when Moses was able to split the river. In verse 9, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men and separated them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind up to heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his cloak in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. Again, just like... Elijah did, as well as Moses. In verse 15, when the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what had happened, they exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Sir, they said, just say the word and 50 of our strongest men will search the wilderness for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has left in Monson Mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha said, don't send them. But they kept urging him until they shamed him into agreeing. And he finally said, all right, send them. So 50 men searched for three days, but did not find Elijah. Elisha was still in Jericho when they returned. And he said, didn't I tell you not to go? He asked. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. Wait, we have a problem, my lord, they told him. This town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Elisha said, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. 
Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I have purified this water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. And the water has remained pure ever since, just as Elisha said. Elisha left Jericho and went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, a group of boys from town began mocking and making fun of him. Go away, Baldy, they they chanted. Go away, Baldy. Elisha turned around and looked at them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. From there, Elisha went to Mount Carmel and finally returned to Samaria. So a few takeaways from chapter 2 here. Um, Both Elijah and Elisha's signs and miracles were unsuccessful in turning people back to God, which you'll see as we continue on in Elisha's story. They have seen God move continually, yet still rebel. And and just like at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses predicted this. He knew that they would. And God is going to have to turn the hearts of the people. And we'll see this as we continue in this journey. Um, Our human hearts are just corrupt and we have sin. And it all started in Genesis 3 when sin entered the perfect garden. And um, Elisha asked for a double share of the spirit. So we'll see if that comes through. But we know that he did get the spirit. And what he's asking for, he He has a heart after God and he longs after God's power and presence. And he's asking for the power of the Holy Spirit and he desires more of God's presence in his life. And um, we see here that Elijah passed the mantle onto Elisha. And um, as we go, we'll see that he does, God does grant this. Like Elijah did a lot of great things and was a huge prayer warrior. And Elisha is a crazy miracle worker and he ends up living twice as long and he does do twice as many miraculous signs. And he takes care of bullies. I like the bullying reference. Like, but even back then they had bullies. They had people that were bullying people go away, Baldy. And he turned around and was like, stop it. And he, and, and he and cursed him in the name of the Lord. You're, you're being jerks. Stop it. And God sent bears and they came out of the woods and attacked them. So you might want to think of that next time you bully someone. God God is for proper treatment of other people. God wants people to treat it, be treated properly. And um, I, I, I just, I really was laughing at that, that, that even back then people had bullies that they had to deal with. And we still do today. And um, Jesus really does want people treated properly. And um, Jesus always looked to the hearts of people and the intentions of people is the character integrity and what's going on inside us. So that takes us through chapters one and two. We see the mantle was passed from Elijah to Elisha. And we'll continue on in Elisha's story and see how he keeps moving through the land. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.